Hello and welcome to the City Collective Podcast. This is the place where you can hear the latest sermon from our Sunday services and follow up conversations around teachings within our church. Today, we're going to be expanding on the topic of Advent. My name is Sophie. And my name is Jordan. We believe Advent is more than just a tradition, but a beautiful opportunity for the church to engage in remembering and celebrating the birth of Jesus, as well as an opportunity to look forward in anticipation to when he comes again. Throughout this conversation, we'll be sharing a little bit about us and our background in regards to the practice of Advent. We're going to get deeper into the purpose of Advent as well as as the themes that this tradition explores. And lastly, we're going to be looking at the theme of hope or yahal, which means to wait, to be patient, and to hope, and how this is the true cornerstone of Advent. As part of today's discussion, we're excited to welcome Neff to the podcast. Hi, Hi Neff. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Nice. Yeah. So today's topic of discussion, Advent. Uh, Sophie, did you know much about Advent before preparing for this episode? I knew nothing about Advent before (laughs) preparing for this podcast. Uh, Yeah, no, genuinely, um, just growing up, uh, both at home and at church, um, Christian and kind of church traditions like Advent or Lent were not super prevalent. I didn't really know anybody that participated in them. Nobody in our church participated in them. Um, I think from what I was taught in certain spaces and just from my own perceptions, if you had the Bible, you didn't really need anything structured or anything you know Mm -hmm. resembling a framework that wasn't super explicitly mandated by scripture um and i'm very thankful that my perspective on this has changed because i've been very much blessed (laughs) by researching and and just kind of um sitting in the really exciting and beautiful truths of advent um and i think structure and framework for the church can be a huge gift and a blessing mm. just in the way that we choose to engage with one another mm-hmm. and engage with text. Um, and yeah, I mean, I heard, I heard Advent recently described as a rehearsal for the joy of the second coming of Christ. Mm. And the, that gets me really pumped because yeah, uh, yeah I, just, I think it's a time for the church to devote to celebrating, like you said, in anticipation, the coming of the Messiah. Um, mm. Yeah. Time to devote to prayer meditation and devoted study that you know will hopefully help ground ourselves in the hope that we have Mm -hmm. um in christ and a time to be spent thinking about our priorities and as christians and in the church where is it that we're placing our identity as the church and where is it that we're placing our hope and our joy and so i'm really excited to talk to you guys about your experiences (laughs) with advent neff would you like to share anything with us Yeah, for sure. I find myself in a very similar state to where I did not really celebrate Advent growing up. Like, it was never something very explicit. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, we celebrated the coming of Jesus and celebrated Christmas, but it wasn't anything intentionally in-depth where we went through, you know, a certain time period beforehand to get ready for that big celebration. Right. Um, So I think it wasn't until later on that I kind of learned that there was, you know, a wreath with candles and (laughs) things and what they represented and that they're different colors. Mm. So all that different stuff was not was something very foreign to me, to be honest. Mm. 
Yeah, I grew up with the Advent wreath, at least in church. And so there'd be a candle lighting every week. Mm. Um, But I don't know that I kind of like you said the word explicit earlier um, and not in the way that we usually mean explicit, Mm. but just like the meaning of the candles was not right out front necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like someone would usually share about the theme of that week. But I don't think it really got into my brain as a kid. Um, Mm. Yeah. And so for those of you listening, if you're like us or if you grew up with the tradition and you know all about this and you're like, why don't you guys know this? (laughs) Sorry. But (laughs) for those of you, if you're like us and maybe don't quite know what Advent is all about, like we've been saying, it's a tradition of anticipating the coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. And particularly the coming of Jesus as a baby and how we anticipate and we wait is usually marked by um, the four weeks leading up to Christmas. They each have a different theme uh, and this is usually symbolized in a wreath with candles. So I think now uh, we'll just pop through what each of those candles and those themes are for the weeks leading up to Christmas. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the first candle that is usually lit during the season of Advent is supposed to be representational of hope and is often coined the prophecy candle, um, which is, I think, really just pointing to the prophecy that was fulfilled from the Old Testament mm-hmm. um, when Jesus was born. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, Isaiah 9 is a huge passage. Unto us a child is born for all people. That entire that entire passage speaks to this exact point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah, now, even though our, our faith looks different, maybe, than people back in the Old Testament, um, I think Advent in regards to hope is truly about, yeah, celebrating the prophecy that was fulfilled in the birth of baby Jesus. And we're almost putting ourselves back in time to feel that anticipation again of the coming of the mm-hmm. Messiah. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating when you think about uh, hope and, like, prophecy. And, like, so much of the Old Testament leads up to Christmas, to Jesus being born. Yeah, mm-hmm. And it's, like, kind of wild that, yeah, it's about... um presence under the tree to a lot of us or to me often right um sometimes hopefully not often (laughs) um and the bigger deal when we look at like the scripture and the tradition is jesus the person and jesus presence with us Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah the idea of hope and um our hope in jesus versus our hope in traditions or in yeah you know that idea of presence under the tree and all of that it 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 kind of gives a different angle to christmas and to thinking okay what are we hoping for and what is this because yeah. that prophecy has been fulfilled prophecy from the bible has been fulfilled but there's still so much more yeah there's that other the other side mm-hmm. of the birth of christ that there's still so much to hope for in his second coming Absolutely. And I think we'll get into that a bit more at the end when we really deep dive Yahal. But for now, the next candle, theme two, week two usually of Advent, is the peace candle, or sometimes called the Bethlehem candle. 
Um, and I think my understanding of peace really changed when I had um, children. And I find myself just desiring, like, just calm moments. And calmness mm. isn't necessarily uh, synonymous with peace. Um, the Bible talks about there's a peace that passes understanding. Um, kind of in the same way that, like, joy isn't the same as happiness. Mm -hmm. But I do think there's kind of a stillness we can cultivate in our hearts and minds. Um that just allows us to connect on a deeper level with um, Jesus, whether that's in the Advent season as a baby or um, thinking about his life as an adult and, and totally. the things he did. Yeah. And it just kind of um, spurs the question in my mind, like what is the nature of Christ-like peace? Mm -hmm. um in john it says peace i live i leave with you my peace i give to you i do not give it to you as the world gives meaning that often our conception of what peace is is very different than what jesus told us yeah the peace that he's going to give us will look yeah. like um and something that i found really interesting about this was peace or shalom actually means complete or whole and acknowledging the many fragmented pieces of a person being brought together to be made whole through Jesus. So often when I think of peace, I think of just perfectly still waters and mm -hmm. there's, there's no tension, there's no turmoil. And sometimes that's true, mm -hmm. but often I think peace can look like someone who's someone who's in a bunch of fragmented pieces, mm -hmm. but God has used himself as the glue to, make that person whole again mm -hmm. um and i think that's that's really beautiful and again like jordan said it, it definitely kind of flipped my perception maybe my misconception of what peace looked like um it flipped it on its head and it just mm -hmm. makes me excited that um jesus wanted us to have a peace that wasn't like anything that we could kind of conjure up for ourselves if that makes sense yeah 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 that totally makes so much sense of this idea that in our human mind and like our human brains and even our human brokenness, there is an idea that we hold to peace and how when you have peace in Christ or when you are searching for or going after the peace that can be found in Christ, it can look very different and it looks like it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Because the one that needs mm -hmm. to be okay mm -hmm. is Jesus. And, because, and he's okay. And he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and because he's okay, then we're okay. And it's it it sounds like very what's the word I'm looking for? Contrasting. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. to think of, you know, even not being okay can still be peaceful. But it's mm -hmm. who do we put who who are we? placing our peace who are we looking and, to for and peace? who are we looking yeah. to to peace yeah 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 absolutely uh sophie i feel like you're very excited about the next candle this is my favorite candle super <laughs> I excited love this candle this is <laughs> the third week of advent and traditionally people talk about the theme of joy and it's also um a time to acknowledge the shepherds in the story of Advent, the narrative of Jesus's birth. And this is my absolute favorite. 
And I actually get moved to tears when I think about the angels. Mm-hmm. Like, who did they come to first? They came to the lowest of the low in society mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. declare from the mountains, basically. Yeah. Like, there is a king being born mm-hmm. for all of y'all. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm coming to you first to tell you to make sure that you know. Yeah. He's like smelly, poor men. Yeah. Some boys <laughs> and men. Yeah. And coming to them and saying, I bring you good news of great joy. And their joy wouldn't have just been in the fact that a Messiah was born, but that he was a Messiah for all people. Mm-hmm. And when we're thinking about that, how humbling and wonderful would it have been for these poor shepherds to hear something like that? And how can we have that same level of joy and excitement Yeah. when we mm-hmm. look back to see what has come before mm-hmm. and when we look forward in anticipation? How can that, what do you guys think about that in terms of Advent? How can that be something that we allow to sit in our hearts and take root this so much joy and excitement that we should be, you know, holding when we look towards the coming, the second coming of Christ? Yeah, I think... The thing that popped into my mind while you were talking about that was this idea of putting qualifiers on our joy. Mm. Like, I will experience joy if Mm -hmm. this. I will experience joy if this. And that truly is probably not real joy. Um, That's probably more about I'll be happy if. Right. Um, And so I think how that fits into like the context of Advent and our spiritual lives. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but perhaps it's something along the lines of God doesn't need qualifications. Like, yeah. Um, God isn't only God. If something happens, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus isn't only Jesus. If something happens, yeah. mm-hmm. um, the Trinity exists whether or not certain conditions are met <laughs> in my yes. life. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I think remembering that um, can perhaps be a source of like joy. And like, mm. I think um, remembering it kind of ties to hope actually, because it's like remembering that there's um, something better coming. Yes. And, or someone better coming. Mm. um mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's like it's not all bad though it may seem dire at amen. the moment amen mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. like as you were talking i was remembering in um john 15 there's a verse and it says i have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete yes. mm-hmm. and there's just something about knowing that our joy will be complete. And I love that you were talking about qualifiers because I feel like that's so normal for us to be, to put those qualifiers and talk about if then, um, but to be like, our joy is complete and we might not feel your stereotypical idea of joy Mm. all the time. But I think that's the whole idea of joy is that it's different from happy. It's different than just a present moment. It's, continuous and it and it might go up and down but there will still always be joy because we have the joy of the fact that jesus already came and he came for us yeah and he's already done it all yeah 
Like that yeah. work has already been complete. And mm -hmm. so there will always be a certain aspect of joy because of that. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's beautiful. Absolutely. So beautiful. Um, week four candle uh, is the love candle or the angel's candle. Mm. And it was funny because actually as we were talking about the shepherd's candle, I was thinking about, yeah, it's so cool that God came to these smelly shepherd boys first. <laughs> um, and I was also thinking about like how the mode that he came or mm. he told the news was also really cool. Like it wasn't yeah. like some little note fell from the sky and yeah. it was like, hey, the savior's been born in Bethlehem. It was like, no, there is a party. There is a choir Let's of go. angels. Mm -hmm. It is, mm -hmm. there's lights. Let's it's go. a production. Yeah. Um, and so I really, really appreciate that. Um, it makes the theater side of me very happy. Oh, that, let's like, go. Let's go. God knows how to do a dramatic moment. Yeah. Let's go. And put a pin on it. So. Well, yeah. And there's just a complete and utter representation of his loving and generous nature. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think about all that love that is represented in that action of wanting to come and tell tell people about the coming yeah. of Jesus and and now that I'm thinking about it I'm like you told these shepherds about the joy of the messiah mm. and they just willingly accepted this mm, yeah and how that's kind of almost how God wants us with when it comes to Jesus, he willingly sent his son out of all of this abounding and extravagant love. He sent his son for us. And all he's wanting us to do is out of this abounding love, I just want you to accept that message. I just want you to accept mm. that salvation. Just take it in. Take in that love that I have for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just think that's just so beautiful. And sometimes he does send us the angels in various shapes and forms and usually that's you know with people that are able to express that love and that's the whole idea of why god came to love us so that we can then in turn love others yeah and point them back to him yeah yeah definitely it's beautiful mm -hmm. yeah and then the final candle is the christ slash christmas candle because jesus comes and is born in the nativity scene we see him as a baby and then he grows up and he uh dies on a cross and is resurrected and so we get christ and, and christmas um as well as later on easter hmm. um but that's besides the point today um <laughs> we wanted to dive in a little bit deeper into this idea of hope uh, especially since this upcoming Sunday, we'll be starting our series uh, that's titled Yahal to Hope or Wait For. Uh, and so, yeah, we just want to talk a little bit more about it, maybe talk about some more practical day to day things. Um, I actually wanted to share to start a reading from a Christmas play I got to be a part of a number of years ago. And a, it was really cool to be a part of these plays because we got to tour them to different churches and to see different 
like denominations, uh, traditions and like liturgies around Christmas time, as well as I was a student at the time and they all had like potluck dinners usually around these events. And so it was like, great, free food. I'm Love there. Um, <laughs> but I had the privilege to play a character who was struggling with, um, uh, I believe, a terminal illness. Um, and just having a really, really hard time getting into sort of the Christmas spirit. Um, mm. And this character is also the wife of a pastor. And so there's just just a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the play, she gets to kind of speak to the church who's been watching her go through this. So I just want to share what she says here. Some of you have noticed that I've not been myself lately. I apologize if you needed me and I wasn't there. I have been desperately trying to squeeze all the meaning I could out of this Advent season, trying to really experience all God has for me at Christmas. And yesterday I realized in my despair that this is the best Christmas I've ever had. Everywhere I've turned, whether to the past, the present or the future, I've seen Christ And it seems now that in his sovereignty, he has organized even my search. My husband tells me that in the early years of the church, severely persecuted Christians used to meet privately late at night so that they could break up by dawn. They chose to have communion every week, knowing that they could be caught and killed and that at any time a meeting might be their last. They quoted St. Paul at the end of every service, an Aramaic expression. Marana thaw, our Lord come. That immediacy is in my heart. I found what I was looking for this Advent. May God bless you with the same. Yeah, so that's from a play mm. called The Advent Play by Lloyd Arnett. And um, yeah, I think it really speaks to this idea of hope and like this idea of things lost and things found mm-hmm. uh, searching for hope in the midst of darkness and despair. Uh, yeah. I do also think it's really interesting that the word Yahal means both. And maybe this is just my kind of misconception about, about different meanings, but how it means to hope and to wait for. And so often those mm-hmm. do not feel like they should be in the same sentence Mm -hmm. you know what i mean how often do am i waiting for something yeah there's not hope in that waiting Mm -hmm. i'm just sitting waiting for something to happen or i'm stressed about something not happening Mm -hmm. and i just think it's really really powerful to read yahal means to hope and to wait for and how maybe throughout this season um, a season that like we've talked about can be filled with a lot of tension and conflict mm-hmm. and, and struggle and it dredges up a lot of negative emotions or memories mm-hmm. or whatever it is. If we're waiting for something to happen, what does it look like just on a practical day-to-day level as we kind of walk through these four weeks together? Mm-hmm. What does it look like to practice hope? Because I do mm-hmm. think it's an intentional and active thing. Sometimes it can feel ambiguous, you know, like, oh, I'm just... I'm in a lull in life. I'm in a season where not, not a whole lot of fruit is being produced. I don't really know. I can't see how God is working. Mm-hmm. How can we make the choice? Like you were talking about joy. I think joy is often something that we have to choose mm-hmm. and remind ourselves. 
But the same goes with hope. How do we be intentional? And and I think sometimes it just takes courage. It takes courage to be hopeful, especially yeah. when you don't see yeah. the fruit that you might w- want to see um, or you don't see things turning out the way that you that you would have hoped for. Yeah. Um, yeah. What does that look like? It reminds me so much of teaching my children to be patient yeah. um, <laughs> because there's so many times where I'm like, OK, in like five minutes, you will get a snack. But <laughs> that concept of like it's that um, object permanence thing almost is like if I can't see it in front of me, it's not going to happen, mm-hmm. right. um, especially for the three year old. Um, so anyway, I've had lots of conversations with them. Um, and I think the distinction you made, Sophie, is so interesting of like to hope and to wait for. Yeah. Um, because often, yeah, they'll be in situations of waiting and I'll my go to tactic is to be like, hey, why don't we try to fill our brain with other things while we're waiting? So kind of like a distraction sure. strategy. Um instead of like a hope strategy instead of being like oh what if you just sat here and kind of like pondered like how good is it gonna feel to like get that snack in five minutes or something i'm not saying that's exactly what like hoping around christmas time is like that's just the example that's in my brain (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but it's definitely a choice for sure Mm. uh something to actively engage with I like that phrase, actively engaging in hope. Mm -hmm. And I do think it's true that there is this, it seems like it would be passive to wait. And yet there is an active part of waiting that comes with that hope, that comes alongside it, where you can be waiting and still look forward to what is coming, still be expectant to what God's going to do and to how he's going to show up. And um, yeah, there's something about this idea of hoping because you do have to choose it. You do have to be bold enough to say, I'm going to choose to be hopeful. And that's not always easy. I think we've touched on it on how the Christmas season can be very joyful for some people, but it might not be for others. They might be going through very hard times or it might bring up very hard memories, very difficult, painful memories during Christmas time. So how do we ask them to still be hopeful? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think the answer is there is no other hope that we can look to if it's not in Jesus. And how often... And I love that because how often do I, like I know speaking for myself, so much of my hope in the day-to-day is in, I want this day to go well. Mm -hmm. I want the work Mm -hmm. day to go well. I want to make sure my boss knows I did a good job. I want, I I really want to be friends with this person. I'm putting my hope in the grades I get, how well I do at work. And because our life circumstances are always evolving and changing, that can make it feel like your hope is up and then your hope is down and your hope is plateauing and you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And the biggest exciting thing about the entire theme around Advent and hope is that we don't, as Christians, we don't have to, our hope doesn't have to look like just run of the mill optimism where we're just really trying to find a silver lining in things. Mm-hmm. We get yeah. one person to look towards. Mm-hmm. 
not easy, but we do have the gift of having this one person who has, who has done it all for us. Yeah. And we don't have to look to our circumstances mm. and negative memories from past Christmases and mm-hmm. whatever it may be mm-hmm. to put our hope in because it's fleeting and it's, it's up and it's down and it's never constant, but God is constant. Mm-hmm. And yeah. again, we have to choose. It's not easy. We have to still have to choose. Like he's still, he's always going to be there, but it can be so easy mm-hmm. to not keep our eyes fixed yeah. on Jesus and what he's done for us. Um, but yeah, there's this beautiful quote in um, in the journal, actually, the City Collective Journal created by Jordan. Um, <laughs> and many others. Yes. Uh, it just says, hopeful people in the Bible often recognize there's no evidence things will get better, but they choose hope anyway. Mm-hmm. And the only way you're able to do that is when you know where your hope lies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because otherwise, there is no hope. Yeah. Right. When you have no evidence that things are going to go your way, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. then are you going to place your hope? Mm-hmm. And they knew where they were placing their hope. And that's why they were able to continue. Yeah. There's that confidence that comes from who you are hoping in. Yeah. Right. I, I think of just this group of people who's waiting for for this Messiah to come. They have this idea of who the Messiah is to come. And even when they didn't hear anything from God, even when there was, when there were no more prophecies, when there was no given scripture, there was still this tradition or this belief and this hope of, we are still going to wait for the Messiah that is to come. Mm, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how much more it is for us that we know that he did come. And so if he came once, won't he come again? Mm, that's so exciting. Like, won't he show that's up exciting. for us again yes. the yeah. same way that he did in the past? And it might not seem that he's showing up for you today right. or tomorrow, but mm. he will show up. He's right. always shown up. Yeah. And that's what we can have our expectant hope in. And it's, and it's again, circling back to like the Old Testament, the prophecy that was fulfilled. We mm-hmm. have evidence mm-hmm. and we have the proof yeah of the lengths that god went to for us yep Mm -hmm. and he didn't and again like he didn't just give his son to be born but there was joy and there was love and like joy said it was a production yeah and like he goes above and beyond for us um and Mm -hmm. we have the evidence and the proof of that And Mm -hmm. that's why we are now able to look forward with anticipation to when he's going to come again. Mm -hmm. But we can't understand the magnitude of the second coming if we don't constantly look back and remember what he has done, what he has promised. Mm -hmm. Because that is what is so easy for me to forget. Yeah. Um, It can be like, well, God, I'm not seeing the evidence of it on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what's happening here? But again, again, reminding yourself, reminding yourself, reminding yourself of what he has done and what he has promised to do, I think is kind of the foundation Mm -hmm. of this entire tradition, really. Yeah. Well, and perhaps reminding ourselves of like who God is. Yes. And like Mm -hmm. the character of God more so than even like the tangible, like, oh, he split the Red Sea so they could all pass through. Like, um, because I actually went to the New Testament and thinking about like faith as being certain of what you hope for 
um, certain of things unseen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in Hebrews 11. Great chapter on faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's also tied into hope where it's like, yeah, it's great to have the Old Testament to look to as kind of like a model of like, okay, here's some things we can uh, remember about God and like remember how God has come through and like his faithfulness is a trait mm-hmm. um, and and we can be expectant of that trait. Um, and even though we don't necessarily like see that faithfulness in the moment we're in. Um, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I mean, kind of just looking at tangible parts of this tradition, I guess you could say, have there been any, <laughs> this is terrible wording, um, have there been any, I guess, I, I know, you know, Neff and I are, are somewhat new, to, or we didn't yeah. grow up with it. Um, does anyone have any traditions or, or aspects of Advent that have kind of been meaningful to them throughout the years? Has it been, you know, just going to church every week throughout the four weeks and hearing the sermons? What what has, you know, what have been the most meaningful parts of Advent for you guys? Mm-hmm. Just, just learning about it, kind of living it out, passages in scripture. What has that been looking like for you guys? I mean, definitely the corporate celebration, like the idea that we come together as a community mm-hmm. and like celebrate this. And I feel like that's partially why sometimes... I'm tempted not to like dive into what everything means because it's like, well, I just also like kind of doing this generally with the people around me and like the people I'm growing Mm -hmm. in my relationship with Jesus with around me. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's God's heart's heart for his church. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Is to do things together and to live it out, not just understand Mm-hmm. like for me now kind of just wanting to know all of the things like okay well what is advent <laughs> what does it mean what are all the themes okay what is it now what does it look like yeah to you know for these four weeks of advent to be in community with mm-hmm. advent that is a question mm-hmm. i want to be thinking about like what does it look like mm-hmm. to live this out and to actively yeah. be reminding one another of yeah. what's come before and what's going to come again and and what yeah what does it look like to do this in a group of people mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah, that community aspect is so important. Um, I think for me, what I try to be intentional in doing during the Advent season is I pull up my Bible app and I yeah. pick an Advent <laughs> uh, devotional or Bible plan to go through. Mm. And that's usually pretty powerful. And it it's just such a good reminder. I think for me personally, as someone who grew up in church, it's very easy to forget the joy and the wonder of reading scripture and the joy and the wonder of Christ coming as Mm. a baby. Mm -hmm. Like it, it sounds cool when you're like talking about it in community, but I think on my own, I'm like, Oh yeah, I've been there, heard that sweet. I've been, you know, doing X amount of years of hearing these (laughs) sermons over and over, but there's something about going through a Bible plan and then, um, being able to supplement that with sermons at church and even seeing like that visual representation of the candles at, um, during our service Mm -hmm. where we are very intentional with lighting a candle. We're very intentional Mm -hmm. with, 
you know, scripture being read about it and prayer and all these other things um, and how we're even intentional in our journals. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about, um, again, shout out to Jordan. Um, um, about talking about what this is and what it means to each of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that along with the aspect of community, like mm-hmm. plug in for small groups. Yeah. Um, yes as well of how you know we get to do this in community and we get to remind each other there's this whole idea of and forget not all his benefits yes and there's mm-hmm. something about doing that in community with each other and maybe there might be a day where i'm not feeling very hopeful joyful loving or any of the above and i come to you know a space where i'm with other people and sophie's like hey this is what i've been reading about today like isn't this exciting and i'm like you know what you're right this is quite exciting. It mm. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I love in terms of a more like tangible, practical part of the tradition. I haven't necessarily practiced this myself, but um, I I love the idea of it. And it's this empty chair tradition mm. where some congregations will put like an empty chair on stage or like save a spot in the uh, audience for that just remains empty through Advent as like a we're waiting for Jesus to come here. Wow. Um, and I like it because it's something you can do even if you don't have a wreath with candles. Mm-hmm. It's like every dinner, every meal through uh, the Christmas season, you just leave a little space, a place for Jesus and like anticipation of this guest that's going to arrive. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just so, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the places where like high liturgy has served us well and yes. bringing us that uh, symbol. Yeah, it's really beautiful. So as we wrap up this conversation today, I, um, I was able to find this really, really beautiful Henry Nouwen prayer on Advent that I think is really timely for this season. And it says, we who have so much to do, seek quiet spaces to hear your voice each day. We who are anxious over many things, look forward to your coming among us. We who are blessed in so many ways, long for the complete joy of your kingdom. We whose hearts are heavy, seek the joy of your presence. We are your people walking in darkness, yet seeking the light. To you we say, come Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks so much for being with us, Nev. Oh, thanks for inviting me to be a part of the conversation. It was so great to have you. So fun. (laughs) Uh, If you're looking for some more resources around Advent or even like a devotional to go through the season with, we do have one available at the back of our City Collective Journal. There's a devotional for each week in Advent. Uh, Nev even wrote one. So definitely check that out. (laughs) There will also be recordings of each of our sermons leading up to Advent in this Yahal series. Uh, And if you'd like to join us on Christmas Eve, we'll be at our regular place and time at HD Stafford, 1030 a.m. And it'll just be a great space for reflection and celebration of the Christmas season. It'll be a candlelight ceremony. And yeah, it'll be fun to have our little Christmas Eve candlelight ceremony uh, during the day. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, we'd love to have you there with us. 
Thanks so much for being with us today. We really pray that God blesses you in this Christmas season, and we will see you back in the new year with another episode.